Tyler win an MVP this year? I hope so. Uh, you, guys are, you guys are up to something. This was the worst comments I ever got on a high-rated quarterback, and I've been doing this a long time. Run up pads on, so we're not going to talk about a whole lot of nothing. Tuesday is sparring day, Wednesday is day that we install everything that we're going to do in the game, and Thursday we just turn it up a notch, you know? Fact Joe's podcast, finishing up the Souths, the South Divisions, going to the AFC South, which for as long as we've been doing these feels like it's always been a, a kind of weak division. Maybe some things turning around this year, but in 2021, 20, uh, I think what the Jags picked one, the Texans picked three. So uh, two, two of the bottom three teams in the NFL reside in this division. The Colts blew their chance to make the playoffs. Tennessee was... One seed, but somewhat of a fraud one seed. Lost to the Bengals at home in the playoffs. So definitely a division um, you know, with a lot of intrigue, kind of again, to see can the Jags and, and Texans make some noise? What do we think about the, the Colts? And then obviously the Titans as well with the, another year with Tannehill at the helm. Just, you know, Lee, what are your impressions of this division? It seems like it's always... Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely always has been one of the weaker divisions. I think... Also, I mean, we got to give the Tennessee Titans credit. I feel like we we've underrated them almost every year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it's interesting this year. I don't want to give too much away. We'll get into these teams. I like. I think you have two rebuilding teams, and then two teams who are currently competing. I think you have two uh, two proven coaches in this division. At the very least, you can make an argument Doug Peterson's a proven coach as well. But between Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel, I think those are guys who. Probably aren't going anywhere for a while. Um, and, you know, it, it's an interesting kind of dichotomy with the two top teams and the two bottom teams. But like you said, man, these two teams, Houston and Jacksonville, both had top three picks in the draft. Um, and they're they're doing kind of rebuilds of their own. So uh, excited to, di- to dive into it. It's going to be interesting for sure. Tom, any quick thoughts before we start the, the breakdowns? Yeah, I think Lee did a good job summing it up. It was just, I kind of was thinking when you mentioned how this uh, division has been kind of weak, like we kind of forget that for a good stretch of time there, the Texans were like kind of owned this division. Um, You know, even like towards the end of Luck when Luck was hurt and the Colts kind of were faltering and the Titans were not, you know, early Mariota, uh, the Texans kind of had a stranglehold in this division with with Watson and were like a nine-win team hosting a playoff game pretty much every year. So, yeah, this this division, um, you know, has has kind of been uh, a one narrative division for a long time. But I think you can make a a case for some of the teams at the bottom that there there might be turning over a new leaf. And I think Lee summed it up well with the two teams at the top, uh, Reich and Vrabel. If the bottom falls out, I still would expect them to to be the coach here in a year from now. Tommy, do you have the win totals ready to go for us? Yeah, I got All the right. win totals. Well, ready let's to start go. with the the Jaguars. Um, Obviously, last year was one of the more disastrous NFL seasons, I think, of all time. Um, can probably make an argument Urban Meyer is one of the worst head coaches of all time in the NFL, considering just everything that happened. Um, so they've they've somewhat retooled, obviously kept uh, the GM, uh, kept Balky in there. Um, Doug Peterson comes in as head coach. Press Taylor comes in as offensive coordinator. Do you guys know who the passing game coordinator is for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm, Daryl Bevel. Former player? No. But former Lions offensive player? coordinator. No way. Jim Bob Cooter no. is the passing game coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also, quick, uh, quick trivia. Can you guys name uh, what city uh, Daryl Bevel was born in? <laughs> Starts with a Y. Is he a Michigan guy? Ypsilanti. Oh. Wow. Oh, Yuma. Yuma. We should make a Yuma. movie about Daryl Bevel's life. <laughs> it's like a YouTube documentary, like a 30-minute YouTube documentary with yeah. like a crappy voiceover and just like slideshow pictures. We just call him yeah. Dark Horse Bevel the whole time and we don't don't reference at yeah. all how we, like. we just completely engineer it to what we I was like. thinking I was thinking more more the tone of uh, if it is like a live action uh, reimagined, more the tone of like the Kurt Warner movie or that uh, what's that Christian football movie? You know, like the guy. You know, you know what I'm talking about. We can move Christian on. Christian football. Uh, no. Whatever. <laughs> um, anyways, the Jaguars. 
<laughs> Press Taylor, offensive coordinator, too. Yep. Interesting uh, to point that out. His brother, Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals. Um, this is a team that I think, uh, kind of like what we talked about almost with the um, some of the other, like I, I think we talked about this with the Patriots, like some of the, like making a lot of free agent signings um, that maybe makes them better for, for the short term, but not exactly sure how it plays into the long-term plans. Giving a lot of money to Christian Kirk, um, giving a lot of money to a guy like Cam Robinson, even um, as opposed to taking uh, an Evan Neal or Nikki Aquanu there at, at number one overall. So a, a couple interesting, maybe team building uh, decisions that were made that we can maybe debate. But overall, I think this team is much better set up this year than they were last year. Um, even some of the free agent signings I liked, like uh, Fuese Delokun, who led the. Uh, Falcons and tackles last year, getting him in there, getting Devin Lloyd in there um, is a really interesting linebacker tandem. And then obviously Trayvon Walker, first overall pick. Tommy, I don't know what, um, I don't know who the, do you know who the tackle was in the o- Oakland game? You were, you were watching that, maybe, but he, he, yeah, he uh, um, embarrassed some second string tackle from the Raiders, which is, yes. I guess, you know, what you would hope to see from your, your first overall pick. But he's, he's definitely an interesting project who, you know, has all the traits and if he can put it together here. Um, could be a heck of a player for them. Um, obviously, I think I think for me, uh, I, I like the upside of this team this year. I think they could surprise some people. Obviously, the AFC is kind of stacked, so maybe picking them to be a seven seed or something is, is a little much. But getting stability in Doug Peterson, and then just kind of going back to my pre-draft uh, analysis of Trevor Lawrence. Um, obviously, he kind of had an, uh, an up and down rookie season. I'm willing to put most of that just on the situation uh, as a whole. Um, I, I believe in Trevor Lawrence still. I still, you know, if you if you had to ask me now, I would still bet on him to have the most successful career of those 2021 uh, quarterbacks uh, in the first round. And I think he's much better set up this year with guys like Brandon Scherf coming in, um, getting those guys like Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. Obviously, I don't think those guys were are great players, but they help certainly. And then even a guy like Travis Etienne coming back who, who didn't play at all last year uh, after tearing his ACL but in camp. Liz Frank, um, right? So, yeah. Or Liz Frank, Liz sorry. Frank. Um, but I, I think this is a team that, that definitely has some some upside, more so than um, other teams in the past that have been picking first overall. Yeah. Um, boy, I'm... Lee, where's, uh, where's the LaVisca well, trade? I, I feel good about LaVisca. I mean... Obviously, the receiver signings didn't make me feel I, – I wasn't super confident about the fact that the new regime was thrilled about LaVisca. I, I feel bad for LaVisca and anyone else who was drafted in the same year as him just because this is now his third coach in his third season. Um, I mean, the guy's 23 years old. Uh, I think Doug – Who was the Jags coach in 2020? What are, who, who am I forgetting? I, I'm, Doug oh, I'm, I'm Confident, I'm confident that they're going to be able to find creative ways to use LaVisca uh, Chenault. I think this is kind of a make-or-break year for him a little bit. Um, I think the Travis Etienne re- returning to the team is a huge deal. I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this division. I, I think I can say that fairly confidently. I think Trevor Lawrence is a, is a star. Um, I'm hmm. not super concerned about what he did last year. I think that even with how poorly statistically he played last year, if you compare him to a Justin Fields or a Zach Wilson – um, there was so much more to like from what Trevor uh, Lawrence was doing on tape, I think. Um, and there were so many more impressive moments than the other two guys. And I think developmentally um, and mechanically, he's a lot farther along than they are. And I think that's something that everyone kind of knew, which is why he was, he was the first overall pick um, and why he's been so ha- highly touted for the better part of the last you know half decade. Um, I didn't like the way this team spent money. Uh, I like Darius Williams. Um, but yeah, Zay Jones doesn't do anything for me. Christian Kirk, I think you know they overpaid him, but he's probably going to end up being your best receiver, so he has to play like it. I think Evan Ingram's a bum, man. I don't think Evan Ingram has been good for a minute in his NFL career yet. I think he was drafted too high from the start, and uh, we'll be—I'll be interested to see kind of on his second contract if he can, you know, prove his worth. But I don't necessarily think he brings very much to any offense he's on. Um, I think Doug Peterson's a monumental upgrade from Urban Meyer, obviously, but this is still a rebuild, and I was really hot on this team last year. Um, I was really wrong about this team. I really thought that they were kind of kind of gonna. I, I don't think I predicted them to make the playoffs or anything, but I thought they were gonna kind of take the league by storm a little bit and be a feisty team that could 
you know, win some upset games. I, I don't know if I'm really there this year. Uh, their win total is six and a half, and you can get it at plus 115 Whoa. to the over on FanDuel. I like that, man. I like that. I, I don't think I'm like running to the window to take that bet, but they play Washington. They play Houston twice. You know, they play the Giants. They play Detroit. They play the Jets. I think they can maybe pull off an upset win in a game they shouldn't win against a Vegas or against, uh, you know, Philly or, or you know, the Colts maybe. I don't know. Um, but this team is interesting to me, man, and I expect a huge step from Trevor Lawrence and just the very fact that I personally think he's the best quarterback in this division leads me to believe that this could be a team and that, that can end up – I kind of expect them to win seven games this year, six, seven games. Um, I think the win total is about right, but I definitely have a heavy lean towards the over here. I expect a step in the right direction for this Jacksonville team. Um, and I'm very interested to see kind of how this team performs this year. I have some questions about the offensive line, but them bringing in Brandon Scherf I think was, was a good move. And keeping Trevor Lawrence clean is, is going to be super important. And then I love these running backs, ETN, James Robinson, and then bringing in Sue Connor, I think, in the fifth or sixth round. Good complimentary piece. So – Offensively, I think Doug Peterson's got enough to work with where they can be fairly competitive. Yeah, I think that's a good uh, summarization, Lee. Just you got to know your place with the win totals, man. It's clearly my role to name off the win totals, and you're starting the episode off, you know, muddling the waters with the with the win total uh, responsibility when it's it's clearly my responsibility. So let's just keep that in mind going forward. Um, yeah, I think I think you. Uh, I, it's hard for me to disagree. I think, Klepp, you made the point that I was planning on making, um, and we've talked about, like we talked about with the Patriots last year, like we all long-term, uh, you know, I think the vast majority of guys they signed this year are not going to be on the roster in a year or two, three years. Um, they're going to get cut, and th- this front office is going to be eating some dead money. But for this year, I think it certainly makes them better. Uh, I like what they did in the draft. Um, Can we – I'd like to ask, it. I guess, um, not to cut you off, Tommy, but where do we stand on this – The taking Trayvon Walker. Would we have all been on Evan Neal or Iki Kwanu Island there at one? Or, or Hutchinson? I would have taken Evan Neal. Um, I would have taken, taken Hutchinson probably, to be honest. I would have t- Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with Tommy. Or Evan I would have taken, yeah. taken Neal. Yeah, I think, um, I know they like Walker Little a lot, who they took in the second round last year. Um, Juwan Taylor has kind of been meddling as a, guy who I think we all kind of had some hopes for in 2019, and Cam Robinson, they just paid a lot of money. So they obviously like him in-house, but I think he's overpaid, and I probably wouldn't have done that. But I think the floor is certainly higher with the coaching staff, the new coaching staff. I think Doug Peterson is certainly an upgrade. Um, I'm willing to call him a good coach. I think he's a good coach. Um, and I think Lee makes probably the best point, which which I agree with. And I don't know, I'm, this might be like a hot take, but I think Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this division. Um, and it's it's either him or, or Matt Ryan. And I just think there's so much more upside with with Lawrence where there not, might not be the same floor. But like Lee, I expect Lawrence to kind of put some more things together this year and kind of uh, you know become a little bit more efficient and kind of stabilize this offense a little more. We, we touched on Travis Etienne. I think that's a huge um, add to the offense, just kind of how dynamic of an athlete he is. And now you're looking at, you know, we mentioned Zay Jones, the Christian Kirks. I completely agree with your guys' assessments on them, you know, being overpaid. And But that, you know, they've got – Marvin Jones is one of the more underrated receivers every year he produces. He did in Detroit. I know we all – and Cincinnati as well. And last year I think he was their leading receiver. I mean, he's a guy who is – a great number three receiver and can be a number two, especially in this offense. We touched on LaVisca. Um, yeah, Evan Ingram, you know, I'm not going to fool myself on him. But there's some nice pieces around Trevor Lawrence who we all, I mean, Lee and I just said he's the best quarterback in the division, and they should be able to kind of be a feisty team. Um, I agree with Lee that I think the the win total is just about right. And uh, this defense, you know, is, I mean, you know, maybe we're going to see some things, them, you know, potentially uh, – you know, being a little bit more frisky, uh, I really like the uh, Fuller Runsu Fadukasi signing from the Jets, interior defensive lineman who uh, really shined on that Jets defense as a is a really good run stuffer, and I think was probably my favorite signing of of their offseason. Um, really kind of strengthening that that defensive line. Kleptonized boy uh, Taven Bryant never really uh, <laughs> stepped up to the stepped up to the plate quite like we thought he would. Uh. 
Yeah, I think this is I think this is a team that might be like a sneaky over team. You know, like this. I don't know what to really think of the secondary. I know Shaquille Griffin and Darius Williams are pretty good players, but I think this offense can be frisky, and I think this defense could be a, a team. You know that. I mean, if Trayvon Walker really hits, they they've got two legitimate pass rushers with him and Josh Allen. You know, they've got a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid defense, I guess. So, I mean, there's some things to like about this team. I, I kind of am siding with Lee. Like, I'm not rushing to the window to take the over here, but. I definitely would take the over um, way more than the under, especially at plus money. And I think Lee kind of ran through their schedule, but it's the last place schedule. They were the worst team in the league last year. And, you know, the best teams that they're playing, I mean, just like skimming through it, I guess, you know, the Chargers and the Colts, you know, are, are, are good teams. And then like the Cow and the Chiefs, obviously, but then the Cowboys, you know, we're all kind of, even though I picked them to win the division, we're all kind of down on the Cowboys relative to where they were last year. So, there's a lot of opportunity for this team to uh, to win some games, I think. So I, I I'm it's not one of my more confident plays, but like Lee, I tend to lean to the over, and I and I expect to see some momentum from this team where next year we're going to say, okay, this team is a threat for to win this division. Um, so that's kind of where I uh, have the Jaguars this year. Cool. Let's uh, let's move on to the Texans. Kind of a strange off season for them as well with the whole situation around David Coley and then. Seemed like they wanted to bring in Brian Flores, and then the lawsuit stuff came out with the Dolphins, and then they just kind of reverted to getting Lovey Smith. Um, kind of feels like another maybe one-and-done situation with him. Um, so the Texans are still in a weird spot to me in terms of their, their long-term plan as a coaching staff. Um, on the flip side of that, I think you know the team is, is better than they were last year for whatever that's worth. Uh, I think... Rolling with Davis Mills and just seeing what you have with him um, is is the smart way to go for this season. He obviously flashed at, at points last year, had some had some really good games, and then had some pretty bad ones. Um, so giving him a, a full year at, at the helm just to see maybe if he is a guy you can have for, for the future there. Um, kind of finally moved on from the Watson situation, got those first-round picks uh, for him, turned it into uh, – Derek Stingley and Kenyon Green for this year. Um, we'll see what, what goes on in, in the next uh, draft for, for the Texans. Lee, our boy, uh, Dario Gumbawale yep. in the backfield there. Also, uh, Seahome Maple, Troy Harrison yes, checking in uh, on this roster. So a couple couple guys to like, a couple guys I'll be watching for. And some, I'll, I'll be watching a couple Texans preseason. I'll definitely, you, you can, I'll be watching, I'll that. be monitoring the Texans preseason about as closely as I'm monitoring the Lions preseason. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Troy Harrison yeah, fan club, absolutely. Uh, I wish nothing but success for that, for that young man. He deserves everything he gets. Um, I really like this team, man. I really like the Texans. I really do. I, I don't know. I, I know I just. Do you, do you like them just because we like them? Or do I, we like them gonna to, the to win some games? They're not going to win. I think, I think seven wins is the absolute ceiling. I expect them to win six games, five games. Over four was floating around earlier, I think. this Not to steal your thunder, Tommy, but just saying like from a standpoint of like handicapping, I think this team is for sure going to win four games or more. Um, I think Davis Mills is pretty good. I don't think he's like great. We're checking in. Win total of four and a half minus yeah. one ten each um, ways on Fox. I don't think Davis Mills is great. I liked a lot of what I saw out of him last year, and I, I just like the culture of like. I feel like Davis Mills is very comfortable in his position. I feel I feel like he can kind of let it rip. I think it's like devastating the whole John Mechie situation. I I hope that he's going to be okay, and it's only yeah. going to be a year that he's out because I was really excited for him to be kind of like the number three guy with Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. I expect huge things from Nico Collins this year. I really liked him coming out of Michigan. He never really produced that much at Michigan, but he flashed. Um, and I think he has he's, he's kind of got that NFL build. So I'm excited to see what he can do alongside Brandon Cooks. Um, they're building that offensive line. There's been good reports out of camp from uh, Damian Pierce. I didn't watch much of him at Florida. I don't know that much about him. But I think it's another situation similar to Mills where it's like, regardless of how much of a star Damian Pierce might be, just like run him and see – how good he is, and then if, if he's not working, you got Marlon Mack, you got Rex Burkhead, you got Dare, Royce Freeman, nobody who just kind of like lunch pail guys who have been kind of journeymen for you know their careers or have injury histories or whatever. Um, but almost kind of a similar feel to the Lions a little bit, where it's like obviously I don't think they're as talented as the Lions, but I feel like there's a kind of a culture building thing. I like Lovey Smith a lot. I don't think he's a long term solution at the head coaching position, but 
I feel like the team can buy in with him and they have an identity. I really like Pep Hamilton. I always have. He spent some time up in Ann Arbor, um, you know, uh, working for the University of Michigan. I think in the early Harbaugh days, I always liked him. Um, and then on defense, Stingley, Jalen Petre was a guy Tommy liked out of Baylor. I think is going to be a plug-and-play guy at safety. I really liked Doug Bonnyakaronkwa when he was playing for the Rams last year. I think he's going to be a guy who can assume a little bit of a bigger. This this defensive line is is funny. There's so many names on here. We got Jerry Hughes, yeah. Ross Blacklock, yep. Derek Rivers, Bonioro Okwanko, yeah, absolutely Troy, Mario Addison. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they've got, <laughs> it's a, but it's just kind of like a lunch pail. It's a lunch pail kind of team, and um, yeah. I'm excited to see what they can do, man. I think some some people are overlooking this team. My main point before I hand it off to one of you guys about this team is uh, I think Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are like pretty good. Um, that That's where I would emphasize. Yeah. Like I think they're going to sneak up on some people this year. Nico Collins specifically. And if Brevin Jordan can, apparently Farrell Brown has the starting tight end position right now. But if Brevin Jordan can get on the field, I think he's a pretty dynamic player. I mean, he can't really block, but um, he's a great pass catcher. And I'd like to see him kind of exercise that. He's super young still. But some young good pieces on this team and um, not the hardest schedule in the world. I think, you know, this is a team that can end up winning five or six games if, if a few things fall their way. Tommy, what do you think of the secondary there with Stingley and Petre coming in? Yeah, I was just about to, uh, I mean, I really like Jalen Petre a lot. He gives me, um, you know, the, I mean, this was a really good safety class too, but he kind of gives me the, the Antoine Winfield, Javon Holland kind of, uh, Swiss Army knife mold, and I think he's going to step in and be an impact player. And I think um, it's I think it's the, the the transition from playing college kind of safety. He played nickel and and some some free safety at Baylor, but I think it's a lot easier than it is going to be for a corner like Derek Stingley coming in. Even though I you know Derek Stingley I thought was immensely talented, immense physical talent, but I think the secondary. Um, I like those two guys, but the secondary isn't going to be very good. And I think you are putting a lot of you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket, especially the Stingley basket, man. And I think, you know, the odds of him coming in, and, and even if he is like a Pat Sertain, man, like that can only do so much. You've got Steven Nelson and Desmond King. So there's kind of some scrappy guys there. And I think this defense club, you kind of mentioned it, but like you've got the Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison kind of uh, Buffalo veteran core. And then Jonathan Greenyard, I think, is a really good player. He's kind of flashed. Ross Blaylock, too, is a guy that I think we all liked. Um, Malik Collins, like they, they, this is like a solid, solid defense. Um, can play a little bend, don't break. And we kind of saw, I think Lee kind of brought up a good point talking about the lions. And I do think that they are building a culture here. And, uh, I kind of, uh, Damian Pierce was a guy that I know PFF was super high on throughout the year. Uh, he was the highest graded running back in college football last year. So that's kind of how I started to first watch him. And he's, he's a really fun player to watch. He's an absolute battering ram. Um, is I think will become a fan favorite and was probably the best uh, pass protector in the draft last year. So he's probably going to see the field early just because of his skill set on third downs being a pass protector and a guy who, in terms of short yardage, and uh, you know he's just an an absolute battering ram and I think probably will be the starting job and could be a nice complimentary piece with Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead. And I kind of want to echo Lee's sentiments about, uh, I mean, first off, Brandon Cook's this guy, all he does is catch, you know, he goes for a 1,000 yards pretty much every year. He's done it, I think, the vast majority of years that he's been in the league. And it really sucks about John Mechie because I thought the trio of Collins, Mechie, and Cooks uh, was going to be really a really fun trio to, to watch with a second-year quarterback in Davis Mills who's getting the hang of it. So I might not be as high as Lee on the Texans. Like, I don't, I'm not very comfortable saying that they're going to go over um, four-and-a-half wins. I, I do think they are building something there, and I think that, if I, you know, gunned ahead like we did in our AFC win total pre- uh, preview, I would take the over just because I think the number is probably a little too low. But I also, you know, we'll, we'll see how Davis Mills is um, kind of in year two and how this team is. And I think it kind of could just be a lot like like last year. But who knows? Maybe they could um, surprise on offense and their defense can be a little scrappy. But I still am pretty confident, not to, to be spoiler alert, but I'm pretty confident that I think this is the worst team in the division. Um and I think Lee is kind of right. Jalen Reeves Mabin on this roster. He's on the he roster. Yeah, I just the, got to shout him out. Uh, well, he, he yeah, signed there um, last year. I just want to finish up this Texans bit by saying uh, I believe in uh, Nick Cassiero. I think he's doing a pretty good job. Is that yeah? Casario. Is. 
whatever his name. I'm, you know, I'm I'm uh, Guido, so I can get I can pronounce it wrong. Um, Casario. Yeah. I'm just saying. I, I think. I mean, their draft. I like his philosophy. I, I like their I like draft the way they're approaching building this team. And I think within the next two to three years, this is going to be a competitive team. Maybe even one to two years, this is going to be a competitive team. I don't think they're very far from being competitive. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much, pretty much the last thing I, I wanted to the cherry on top. Thomas 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 Booker, their fifth round pick out of Stanford, is a very impressive young man. Listen to him. Uh, I listened to some interview with him on a on a mm. on a draft network podcast, I think, and super super. I mean, he's a Stanford guy, one, and he's a, he's a football guy, and I think he's a guy that's probably going to have a ten year career in the NFL. Just I don't know if he's going to be an absolute stud on it as an interior defensive lineman, but a, a really impressive guy. And I kind of just wanted to touch on like I wasn't, you know, I, Clep. I know you you kind of uh, had some some Christian Harris um, good vibes from him, but just like their first. The fourth, like the all the the first, I guess four rounds of picks for them, I, I really liked. You know, I obviously was a big Stingley guy, Petre, uh, Kenyon Green. I thought was a good player. Like I think he maybe got overdrafted a little bit, but he's gonna plug in as a left guard and I think be really a really good player in the NFL for a long time. And Damian Pierce is a really good player as well, who I don't think is you know an absolute stud at running back, but you know can go for a thousand yards. I think as as a rookie and 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 pass to protect pretty well and, and just be a really good player for the foundation of this team going forward. Let's go to the Colts. Uh, another really interesting team, a team that's been a somewhat, somewhat of a, a circus at quarterback there over the past couple of years. I think they've had what, five different quarterbacks the last five years going back yep. to Lux retirement to Brissett to Rivers yeah. to Wentz now to Matt Ryan. Um, I do. I don't know if I think Matt Ryan is better than Phillip Rivers at that point of the of their careers, I'm not really sure. Um, I think Matt Ryan will benefit being behind a little bit of a better offensive line. I do want to say, though, um, the left tackle spot is definitely not um, secure there in, in Indy right now. Um, so it, a team that should have made the playoffs last year, though, was, was probably missing some leadership on offense. I think Matt Ryan will, will bring that as opposed to Carson Wentz. I do believe Frank Reich is, is still a really good coach. Um, still kind of surprised that they haven't tried to bring in like a young quarterback in the early rounds of the draft. Heck, even like a Davis Mills, right? I mean, he took a swing on a Sam Ellinger, but those aren't those aren't, aren't always going to work out that late in the draft. Um, do you want to say something about that, Lee? About the quarterback situation in Indy? Yeah. Well, did you say something no, about no, Sam no, Ellinger? Tom, Tom, I was just hearing things. I, I, I said Eason. Oh, Eason. Eason, yeah, Eason right? too. Anyway. Um, Shaquille Leonard. Yes. Running the defense. Uh, hey, you know, it, it got some pieces on defense for sure. Um, bringing Stephon Gilmore was an interesting add too. Um, but definitely maybe lacking a little bit at the corner spot. Um, I don't know. I think this team is, is okay overall. I think they'll be fine. I, I like them to, to do well against the, the Jags and the, the Texans. Um, you know, obviously having DeForest Buckner there too is is a good, uh, really good player on the interior. Still have Quentin Nelson, still have Ryan Kelly. Obviously, still have Jonathan Taylor, who was probably the best running back in the NFL last year. So, and hey, Lee, are you going to give Michael Pittman his credit, seeing he's a number one receiver? He's a number one receiver in this we'll league. We'll see this I'll, year. I'll give, I'll give we'll him see his this credit. Year. Oh, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. I, I'm not. I don't think he's he bad. Did. I think right now you're winning the Claypool battle. Um, I don't think you're mm-hmm. winning it in a landslide. I think Michael nope, Pittman, is, he's been pretty good. Um, I, I'm. I don't get what happened. I you like Michael Pittman. Michael I'm just Pittman I'm, the whole draft process, and, and then, then he drafted, drafted Denzel Mims. Mims. That's what I'm happened. Not, I'm not. Yeah, and then, then he drafted Pittman's Denzel Mims. I just like, don't think. I think Pittman has been. I don't think he's a proven number one receiver in the NFL yet at all. Um, so I good. think this all is going to be a huge year for him. I expect big things from Michael Pittman this year. I mean, Lee, Lee this is a team that you've yeah. liked, you know, kind of I a couple love of years Frank now. Reich. Um, I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. Don't you feel like the roster is a little bit worse, though, than it has been in recent years? Um, no, I don't. I I fully, fully I I, confidently yeah, I, I expect this team is. to win 10 games minimum. I think this – I think Matt Ryan is – in, I think Matt Ryan is in the best situation Matt Ryan has been in since his Super Bowl year in Atlanta. I think mm-hmm. this is the arguably the best I offensive line that. he's ever played behind. Regardless of what you want to say about the left tackle position, 
uh, with that battle between Matt Pryor and Bernard Raymond, the rookie. Um, there's a big weight on Michael Pittman's shoulders because as much as everyone wants to talk about Paris Campbell, that's the thing where it's like, I hate to say it, but I'll believe it when I see it. I'm tired of people talking about how well Paris Campbell is looking in camp. The guy has played like two NFL games in his career. I like Alec Pierce uh, out of Cincinnati, uh, but I don't really know. He didn't strike me as a guy who's going to immediately be making plays in the NFL. It kind of seems like he's going to have a couple years to develop and he's more of a complimentary guy. Um, you know, still got Mo, still running Mo Alley Cox out at tight end. Uh, the reports out of camp is that Jelani Woods has not has kind of been slow to learn some things. I don't want to overreact about that. I was excited about that. Pick Where's Jack Doyle at? with the team? I don't know where. Yeah, I do want to say You're though, uh, Andrew Ogletree apparently the rookie tight end out of Youngstown State is like six seven two fifty and has been making some really big plays in camp. So that's kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye out for. I think Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines is one of the best one-two tandems in the NFL. I fully expect them, based on what they've been saying all offseason, to get Naheem, incorporate Naheem Hines a little bit more into the offense. I think Naheem Hines is an extremely dynamic player. I think they, that when they did incorporate him last year, he rose to the occasion almost every time. Um, and I think taking a little bit of that load off Jonathan Taylor's shoulders would probably be in the best interest of Jonathan Taylor and of the Colts. Um, defensively, man, their biggest loss is uh, Eberflus. I think that he was one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. Bringing in Gus Bradley is, is you know, I think a pretty good replacement. But, you know, I, I don't think this is a particularly great defense. Getting Julian Blackman back healthy after the Achilles injury is absolutely huge. Um, and then seeing what Nick Cross out of Maryland can do. Uh, Plug-and-play guy at safety. I think, you know, I expect him to, to be making some plays this year. But I think this team is pretty much the same as they were last year, except they have a upgrade at quarterback from Carson Wentz to – Matt Ryan and they no longer have T.Y. Hilton, um, so you know I expect them. I expect them to take a step uh, yeah. in the right direction here, especially with. I think this team's got a really bad taste in their mouth after the way things ended last year, and getting Carson Wentz out of the locker room is probably good for uh, for this team. Yeah, I um, I don't know if I'm going to take it a step further than Lee, but I'm I'm very confident in this team. I think I I really like this team a lot this year. Um, I clap. I do think you bring up a good, a uh, good point with the left tackle spot. I know that uh, there was some big Bernard Raymond uh, truthers out there, and a lot of people who had a first round grade on him. I think, you know, either way, he, even if he is a first round graded player, a, a rookie adjusting to playing left tackle in the NFL after being a physical freak at Central Michigan by way of Austria, um, is is a tall task, but. Yeah, I like not a lot to disagree with what Lee was saying on offense. Um, like, I think Michael Pittman is a really, really good football player. I think he's a dynamic receiver. I think he has a full route tree. I don't think there's a lot of things he can't do. Um, whether or not he's a really good number two or is going to be like a statistically like or a statistically inflated one or he actually is a one, I don't know. Ex- I mean, I guess I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but I, you know, I think this is a pretty solid. Um, receiving core, uh, it's you know it's it a lot of it relies on Pittman, but in Paris Campbell's health. But Alec Pierce, you know, I wasn't a huge Alec Pierce guy. He got taken before Sky Moore. I, I really didn't like that. But he's a you know he's a good player who's been making some plays in camp. Kiki Kuti is not a bad player too. So there's definitely some some meat on the bone I think in terms of their playmakers. But this is a team that ran the football a lot last year with Jonathan Taylor. We'll continue to do that. Bringing in Philip Lindsay, I like that a lot too. As like an RB three, I think I really have liked Philip Lindsay a lot. I think Lee made a great point about this situation with Matt Ryan. I know we talked about Matt Ryan versus Darnold a lot last year, and Lee and the I both from the Darnold side of that equation, and we're kind of eating crow for that. But yeah, we. Uh, but but uh, Matt Ryan, I think even if what we were saying about Matt Ryan was right last year, which I think I think we probably were underrating him a little bit. But even if we were right, and he's not uh, too impressive of a quarterback. I think he's in a great situation right now where he really can have a great play caller in Frank Wright that can ride the run game, and then he can distribute to some pretty good playmakers. And I think you guys might be selling this defense a little short, and maybe that's because I think the big X mm. factor for them is Quiddy Pay, man. Like, I think if Quiddy Pay can put it together in year two, a little bit more, you brought in Yannick Ngakwe. I think Quiddy Pay had some splash plays last year as a rookie, but that's a guy that I really liked coming out of Michigan. Um... I really like this defense, man. If Quiddy, I mean, it comes down to Quiddy Pay for me, really. Like, if Quiddy Pay is a dynamic, 
potentially breakout player in year two. You've got DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, uh, Shaq Leonard, who's arguably the best linebacker in the league, and then bringing in Stephon Gilmore, who's obviously on the back nine, getting back Julian Blackman. Kenny Moore might be the best nickel in the NFL. So they have a lot of, like, I'm pretty confident about this team, like Lee said, winning 10 games. I'll take it to the win total on Fox bet, 9.5, minus 143 to the over, uh, plus 115 to the under. So the market tends to agree with uh, our assessment of him, of them being a 10-win team pretty much. Um, And, yeah, I I mean, I think this team's going to win the division. I think they are the best team in the division. And I think that this is Matt Ryan's – I think Matt Ryan's going to have a pretty darn good year, year this year. In the same way that when you looked at Carson Wentz's stats last year and you're like, oh, Wentz like, kind of had a good year. But when you kind of watched the tape, it told a different story. So I expect this team to be in the mix in the playoffs. And like we talked about it last year when they went in and, and trounced Buffalo. Like if, if this team goes on the road, like even if they win the division and they go to Kansas City or Buffalo or Denver or whomever you want to say, uh, and it's a cold weather game, this team can run the damn ball and they have a really good defense. And I kind of feel the same way about this team as we kind of did last year when we were getting towards the end of the year and they had hard knocks with them. And it was like, man, this team's going to be a tough out. If you have to play, if you're Buffalo and you're playing this team on, this team's coming to your house on the road in the playoffs, this is going to be a tough team. They have a really good defense and they have a pretty, uh, a pretty feisty offense. And I think the offense is going to be even feistier now with, with Matt Ryan. So I like this team a lot this year. I think this team is a Super Bowl contender. I really, really do. I think it like, if everything goes their way, they are. So Oh. I like them. I don't know if they're that good. Um, anyway, we can move on to, to the Dr. Titans. Um, interesting offseason. Oh, uh, sorry, 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 sorry. We had the, oh, okay, the leaf flowers okay, okay. going again. You're good. Sorry. Um, Shout out Marvel Tell, too. Crisp, crispy guy. Still in the <laughs> we, can, we can get on to the Titans here. Interesting team, interesting offseason. Obviously, like we mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, got the one seed in the AFC uh and then lost to the Bengals at home in the playoffs. Kind of saw um, Tannehill come back down to earth. Um, you know, I, I would still, I, I don't know. I mean, he's not good, so I, I don't know. He had he had a good run. He had a, he had a moment there where he was one of the, he, he had, where he was I agree, a really absolutely. good quarterback for, for a minute. So, um, but I think he has somewhat returned back down to earth. Um, you know, we'll see what, what this year looks like. Um, he's probably not worth the money they gave him, considering that they had to move on from from AJ Brown, which is a big loss. You know, they kind of obviously tried to retool around that with bringing in Robert Woods and, and Traylon Burks, but at least for this year, um, that seems a little bit like a boom or bust situation with Woods coming off that torn ACL and now being over thirty. Burks just just being a rookie wide receiver. I know he has an upside, but you know at the same time. Not all of these receivers come into the NFL and just tear it up uh, from day one. He's also had some conditioning and asthma issues, I guess, coming into camp. Um, so this this receiver room, you know, if, if Woods doesn't have that same explosiveness, say, and, and Burks isn't catching on early, um, there could be some, some big problems there in the receiver room. Even, you know, in the tight end room, having Austin Hooper, that doesn't it's not that great in terms of a pass catcher. So um, I, there's there's a world I think where this offense kind of becomes one dimensional with Derrick Henry. Um, he's always kind of been able to manage that, and I think we're all kind of we, he's keep he's kind of like a, a Tom Brady of running backs, where he just keeps defying all of the previous notions of a workload that a running back can take on before they start falling off, and he's blowing through all of those uh, markers. So until he stops performing, I'll, I'll just. I'll hold my breath. I'm not going to start predicting his downfall anytime soon. Um, defensively, you got Jeffrey Simmons, Bud Dupree on the D-line. It was a pretty formidable D-line last year. They, they got off the, the passer pretty well. In the secondary, you still have some concerns with, with Farley. only played like two or three games last year. Um, Christian Fulton hasn't exactly popped off yet. Um, Kevin Byard's a good safety. But this is a team ultimately I think is like worse um, than they were last year. Um, but then you still have Vrabel in the building, which I think means a lot. I think he is one of the better NFL coaches. This team, year in and year out, I think they're a culture team. I mean, they're a team where it's like, even if the roster isn't as good, I think they'll fight and they'll play well. And So, I don't know. I, I think I, I'm struggling between picking this team and the Colts. I think I was last year, too. 
I believe I ended up signing with the Titans last year. I'll still figure out what I got to do this year. Tommy, this is a team that you were kind of down on last year. Obviously, ultimately faded them against the Bengals at home in the playoffs and, and came out. We'll say you came out victorious. And you got the last laugh. You, you didn't come out victorious, yep, but you got the last laugh. And uh, I mean, where, yeah. where are you at in this team going into this year? Yeah, I got the last laugh, but you know, this team still was the number one seed in the AFC, and Mike Rabel deservedly won Coach of the Year despite the team facing a rash of injuries. So, despite the fact that I just kind of pumped the Colts' tires, um, I have to. I think it's an objective fact, Clep. I think you made a great point. This is a culture team. And even if I'm down on the Titans again this year, like how bad can this team be when they're able to run the ball with Derrick Henry? And the defense, I think, is you know still going to be pretty solid under Vrabel. You brought, in, you know, brought up Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry. They just paid two. And you brought a guy in from Auburn, Roger McCreary, in the second round who I, I really liked, um, really liked his game. Uh, and then obviously they got my guy Kyle Phillips, who I think is going to start in the slot. Has been balling in uh, training camp, which is which is no surprise to me. Really liked his game. And Traylon Burks, even though I was probably a little bit lower on him than consensus as my wide receiver seven, I comped him to Juju. I think he's going to. I think that that role uh, I like like that in year one for him. I'm not really buying the asthma or conditioning things. I think he has a pretty. My my issues with Traylon is more his his ceiling and him becoming like people have talked about him as an AJ Brown type player. I just don't really see that. And Robert Woods, I still think, is a, is a really good player, too. Um, I guess it's kind of dependent on the, the ACL injury in his 30s. Um, but I like, I like the pass catches that they have, the three guys that I mentioned. Austin Hooper is whatever. Um, I think a point that we didn't mention that I think deserves to be mentioned is the offensive line, which uh, Taylor Lewan I think, is a little long in the tooth and really isn't the player that he once was. And then you've got Aaron Brewer and Ben Jones and Nate Davis, who's been a good player, and... Dylan Raddins, who was a second-round pick, um, kind of upside tackle in the 21 draft. So the offensive line, I think there's some concern there. And the defense, I think, has some some studs on it, but obviously is is more of a, a group unit with Vrabel. So I, I do think that this is the second-best team in the division. I think that, you know, I, we talked about the Jaguars to start the show. If the Jaguars hit that ceiling, I think the Jaguars are a better team because of the quarterback and – um, because of the offense, I guess. But then again, I think the Titans have a better coach and a better defense. So I think I think the Titans very well could win this division, but I just like the Colts more, and I think that there has to be some regression coming after the type of season that they had. I haven't taken a look at their schedule, but they are facing a first-place schedule. i got to assume that it's going to be pretty tough. So um, a bet that I have made, if you guys are following me over on uh, Twitter, is uh, the Titans not to make the playoffs. It was a two-unit play at minus 110. So I think that back on the horse. reset year for the Titans. Back on the horse is right, baby. Just like um, the Chase Young over, we're, we're back on the under, and we're back on the no, we're, no playoff we're, Titans. We're back, on, we're back on the no playoff Titans horse, and it was a two-unit play, and, and I'm comfortable with it. I think the only way that this team makes the playoffs, in my mind, is if they win the division. And... Um, so that means I'm kind of backing the Colts and fading the Titans all at once. I have a hard time seeing this Titans team compete with the other wildcard teams in the conference. So I am a little bit lower on the Titans. And, yeah, I think this is a kind of eight-win football team. Average. Yeah, football I think team. you guys pretty much covered it for the most part. I mean, um, Ryan Tannehill is, I think, uh, kind of mediocre to maybe slightly above average quarterback. Um, I don't think you can just like callously trade away your best receiver in I don't know how long and not expect there to be repercussions. I like Traylon Burks a lot, but he's a rookie. Um, I think that there's going to be a big gap in the production that A.J. Brown had, even though he was hurt. Derrick Henry is going to be the focal point of this offense yet again. I think Tommy made a good point about the offensive line. Um be interesting to see what Caleb Farley can bring to the table after missing most of the year last year, kind of having that lingering back injury. And, uh, yeah, I just think this is a team that kind of missed their window a little bit. I think the window is closing on the Titans being able to be a Super Bowl contender. I don't consider them a Super Bowl contender. Um, I don't think they have the quarterback play to do it. I don't think that they that they have the talent on offense to do it. And I think this, 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 uh, I think this is ultimately going to be a very one-dimensional team on offense. I don't think that – they're going to be able to hurt you in several different ways. Um, 
Win totals at nine and a half. By the way, over is. I like Chig Okonkwo, the tight end they drafted out of Maryland. I think he's um, a really dynamic player with the ball in his hands. He impressed me a lot last year. I think he could. Lee, I feel like you've liked a depth tight end. Yeah, I, I, I think teams. maybe maybe I have. Yeah, um, yeah, I like him a lot though. He he he's he's one of those guys where I was just watching Big Ten football last year and was like, who the heck is that? Like, how old is he? And like, what year is he? Is he going to be in the draft? He just kind of popped off the screen. So interested to see what he can do. Your boy Zach Cunningham is 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 uh, heading this linebacker group on defense. Clep. Um, yeah, still they still got some really good players on defense. They still. I completely Aaron agree with what you said about them being a culture team. Yeah. I think they're. I, I don't think you can kind of like under predict this team. I don't think you can short sell them. Um, you got to give them their respect. But uh, Tommy gave out his bet. I made a bet on the Colts to win the division plus one hundred five, um, and I think that kind of is a fade of the Titans, so to speak. So that, that was can 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 we give like what's um. What's a pitch for the Jags to compete in this division? Trevor Lawrence having an MVP type season. Trevor Lawrence and and, yeah. and Doug Peterson kind I mean, of. I mean, like, is, is I guess is that do you do you expect the Jags to be in the mix? No, I don't think okay. the Jags. I I think the Jags' it, ceiling in the division is three and go- three. I disagree with that. I think you can't short sell their ceiling. I'm not saying it's likely, but we can't say that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in the division and say that the ceiling. I just think that um, I think that there's so many other holes on the team where it's defensively. I think that they're going to be there's there's ways that you can expose this team that where where you're just going to ultimately rely on Trevor Lawrence to like win shootouts every single time against teams that are built better and have more experience and. I don't know. I guess you're right, but I, I don't. I think the I expect Jacksonville to be feisty and compete in every game, but I still see Jacksonville around seven, eight wins. Whereas I see the Titans around eight, nine, and the Colts to me are like ten plus. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be surprised if Jacksonville. I mean, I'm going is over like winning nine or ten games this year. Definitely. The Titans' schedule, man, is 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 pretty tough. Um, especially me. I guess I'm a little higher on the Giants this year, but I'm looking at this little stretch they've got um, from November, the whole month of November. You you're in Arrowhead, then the Broncos are coming to you, then you're going to Lambeau on a short week. So you play at home to the Broncos on the 13th, on the 17th, which I'm assuming is Thursday. You go to Lambeau. Then you've got 10 days off and the Bengals come to town again. And then you go to Philly. So that's a pretty brutal five-game stretch, especially for a team that we think is kind of uh, middling a little bit. I mean, the only real, I guess you can, the only layups, I'd say, and I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to call them layups on their out-of-division schedule, um, are is going to Washington and then week one, the Giants coming One to thing town, I will say a spot to push I, back I mean, is the Titans right now, I think always show up point. in big games in the regular season. Like they're always, they always overperform, I feel like, against That's the Chiefs, fair. against the Rams last year, against, against the Bills. Bills. Like they just beat teams that they, you know, there is an underdog mentality to this team where they are built to, for that November run kind of. Like they're the type of team that would go like three and one or two and two in that run. Yeah. Um, but then drop the game to Jacksonville or something like that. Um, it is. It a is a tough stretch, though. Should we just rank right, them? Let's do it. I think we, this could be the brain trust here. I'm going to fall in line. I'm like a, you I'm like a Republican club? senator. I'll just. <laughs> no, I'll say it's the Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm tempted. I kind of like it to be like like a like you were saying though, Lee. Like ten and seven Colts, nine and eight Texans, maybe eight and eight and nine. Titans. Sorry, yeah, eight and seven, whatever. And then like eight and yeah. nine Jags. I like the, I, I like, I like the, the Jags. Jags. I'm not gonna man. I'm not gonna pick them second just because I feel like I've disrespected the Titans enough, and I want to give the Titans some respect for just being uh, a culture a culture like a good, good team. team with a good coach. Um, when was the last time the Titans were under 500? 
I don't know, man. That's a good question. I'll look it up. Probably in 2017 when they picked Corey Davis. I'm going to stick with you, Clapa. I'm going to go Colts, Titans, Jags, Texans. 2015 was the last year the Titans were under 500. Oh, they got that pick from the Rams. It was with Mike Malarkey, Mm. Ken Wisenhunt. Well, I'm just thinking because they picked Corey Davis fifth, but that had to have been the Goff. That was a Goff pick from the Rams. That Um, was in 2016? Yeah, because the Rams gave them two two, uh, first-rounders to move up to take Goff. Um, yeah, I'm going to fall in line with you guys too. Uh, Colts, like I, I kind of, I'm with you guys with the Jaguars, but I can't ignore the Titans floor. I think the Titans floor is just significantly higher than the Jaguars. I think there's a reality where the Jaguars can be much closer to the Texans than the uh, Titans. So I'm going to go Colts, uh, Titans, Jags, Texans. Leave after AJ Brown point. He led the team in receiving the last three years. It's a big loss. What is that? What is that chalk exact finish? That's a BJP Brown uh, Brain Trust exact finish. I feel like I feel like we we might have to uh, we at least should look at that. Man, Jeff Fisher coached this team for fifteen years. I did not realize he coached Fight. the team that long. Fight on. Anyway, all right, boys, good pod. AFC South in the books. Two more to go. Three more to go, technically. Two Nors and then the, the Lions preview. Yep, I've got about five more years in the mailroom, and then I'll make it to the Lions preview. But I'm at the uh, I'm at the half century mark here in the mailroom, and by twenty uh, by twenty twenty seven, I'm thirty. I'll be able to uh, to get into the Lions. You, preview. you get your yeah, monologue be... in the NFC North. Yeah. I get my monologue exactly, exactly. Um. One sec. I'm looking up this this finishing. Uh, I want to look up this 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 straight forecast. Right, I'll, let, I'll let you take us on, Tommy. AFC South. Um, well, Colts first, Tennessee Titans second is plus one forty. It looks like I'm I'm having trouble finding the exact the exact one through four finish, but um. Yep, the R finish is plus 250. BJP, use promo code BJP at uh, DraftKings. Colts first, Titans second, Jags third, Texans fourth, plus 250. Um, if, if anyone at home is interested in that. But uh, that's, a, that's a good pod, boys, and everyone stay safe and you stay scheming.